episode 817. The offseason program for the Green Bay Packers is almost over, but there's one week of minicamp left. It's our minicamp preview episode with Jordan Peck of the Pack to the Future podcast, and it's all coming up on Railbird Central next. <laughs> fans and welcome to railbird central at cheeseheadtv.com i'm your host brian caravu today we're talking about packers minicamp and to do that we have a guest joining us this is a pre-recorded interview so sit back and enjoy our discussion baltar find me another expert one that likes me this time okay Right now on Railbird Central, we're joined by Jordan Peck, one of the podcasters at the Pack to the Future podcast. Jordan, how are you today? Hey, man, can't complain. Can't complain. Life is good. Good to have you on the show. Uh, Jordan is the second in a series of interviews featuring the Pack to the Future broadcasters. We already talked to Brian Fanfara. We're going to talk to some of the others in the upcoming episodes uh but jordan can you just start off by telling our listeners a little bit about your background and the pack to the future podcast yeah pack to the future is actually the uh the brainchild of the guy you had on last week brian fonfara is a high school buddy of mine uh it's actually him and then my other high school friend uh john jameson who hosts it uh, we're fortunate enough to get hooked up with the uh the fourth member dusty evely back uh about a year and a half ago it was uh during the middle of of the season before last so been a lot of fun been a lot of fun with those guys yeah you guys do a good job uh i'm glad to have you on the show let's talk a little packers football here That's kind true. of our mini camp preview um with my mini camp starting this week so um it's mandatory jordan although mandatory was never a problem during otas with near perfect <laughs> attendance by packers players but just in general do you think the packers are lucky compared to teams like the new york giants with uh you know star wide receiver odell beckham holding a high profile holdout well, the Odell Beckham thing is interesting. Uh, I, I don't know if we'd consider it lucky as much. I mean, the Giants' situation with Odell Beckham is the fact that he's completely outperformed his rookie contract. So to call them unlucky because they're dealing with a situation like this, I don't know if I'd use that word. Um, I, I'd actually kind of prefer if the Packers were in the position where they had a bunch of rookies that were or a bunch of young players that were outperforming their rookie contracts. Um, it's nice not to have the headache and still have a, a, a team that's, that's contending year after year. Um, but I think the Packers have done a good job. I mean, with the, with the Giants, they know what they're getting with a guy like Odell Beckham. I mean, the, the drama, it's, it's, it's well-documented. Uh, Packers, for the most part, have, have stayed away from that drama with, with their players. So it's, it's, it's nice not having to deal with that stuff in the offseason, come up to the season. But uh, um, I, I, think, I think the Packers might, might honestly be better served if they had uh, – a lot more, a lot more young players that were outperforming their rookie contracts. So there's pros and cons to both, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I would take Odell on my team. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I, I am glad that usually every offseason we don't have this kind of drama. Yeah, I think you put that into perspective very well. Um, players, though, could potentially be fined for not attending minicamp this week. Not that that's going to happen, but it, it has the potential of happening because it is mandatory. Uh, but earlier in the offseason program, they did earn bonuses for attendance. How much just do you think those bonuses incentivize attendance in the offseason in Green Bay? 
Well, as a, as a guy that uh, will probably never have a, a seven-figure contract thrown at him or an eight-figure contract, uh, I, I, I still think no matter who you are, if you get some money thrown your way for just showing up, I'd probably show up. Um, so I think that's probably what a lot of those guys are thinking. But, I mean, it's at the same point, you talked about having near-perfect attendance in the OTAs, and, and that speaks a lot to the veterans on this squad um, in terms of the example they're setting for the young guys. It, it's news when guys don't when guys don't participate, you hear about it every time. I mean, this Odell Beckham thing is, is news because he's not showing up for a, an off-season workout. Um, this, this becomes big news. So I, I think players are trying to stay away from that. So I think the money does incentivize it. But I think, uh, I, I think just the, the expectation of attendance. I mean, coaches expect their players to be there. Um, so I, I think that's the bigger, I think that's the bigger driving force for, for these players. Maybe not as much the money, but just the fact that if they don't show up, then, then they're all of a sudden in the headlines in a, in a negative light. Yeah. I, I, if somebody threw 10 grand at me to just come and lift weights or whatever, <laughs> I would do it too. Um, I, it. <laughs> I think one of the big storylines this upcoming week will be, uh, the Packers top draft pick, Kevin King. It was graduation at the university of Washington this past weekend commencement, uh, meaning that school's over and, uh, Kevin King is now eligible to take part in minicamp after missing the majority of OTAs. So, Jordan, how, how far do you think he's behind after missing this much time? Well, he's in a tough spot. I mean, he's you, you have this expectation of, I know he's not a first, technically a first-run draft pick, but he, he virtually is a first-run draft pick for, for the Packers. So that expectation uh, for him is high. Uh, it's, it's, it's extremely high considering the performance of that position last year. Um, and any time you're losing, you know, on-field preparation time, it's it's going to be a thing. Um, con- consider CBA came into, came into play. Um, you know, the practice time has gone way down. I mean, they, they've talked about that ever since the CBA has happened. The coaches lament that almost every year you hear about. I think McCarthy's even mentioned it a couple times already. Um, so, I mean, the fact that he's lost practice time, that's, it, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. But, I mean, you know the guy's talented. I mean, he, they, the, the, the coaching staff, the front office obviously loves the guy, but he's, he's, got, he's got some extra work to do. So, uh, hopefully he's, he's utilized his, his time away from the field, pouring into the playbook, but uh, – yeah, I mean, on-field preparation, I'd imagine at that level is is invaluable. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how it goes once he gets to gets to mini camp and, and subsequent training camp. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of eyeballs on him this week. Oh, yeah. um, Jordan, whereas King could come back for mini camp, uh, I see commencement for Cal Poly isn't until mm. next weekend, which means outside linebacker Josh Latui Sanoa could miss the entire offseason program. I don't expect you to know much about an undrafted player here like Latuli Sanoa, but just in general, how much would it hurt any undrafted rookie to miss the entire offseason compared to Kevin King, who's at least getting a work a, a week, week of work in? Right. I mean, and again, it's on-field preparation is, is invaluable. His, his situation is, is considerably different. I mean, Kevin King, I mean, a lot of people are penciling him in already as a, as a week one starter. I mean, this guy, probably realistic, realistic best-case scenario for a guy like him is, is practice squad. You know, depending on injuries, maybe he makes the 53. I mean, I, I think I consider that very unlikely. So there's not a lot of pressure on, on undrafted free agents. Obviously, they're going to feel the pressure as they, as they get there, but you know, the, the expectations are just so much lower that I, I think these guys can play loose. Uh, just I think they go in with the mindset that, hey, if I if I make some plays, if I show some athletic ability, you know, I can I can find a way on this roster. We've seen that uh, with in a few occasions. I mean, you know, we kind of it's 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 been beaten beaten a lot the past couple of years. But a guy like Jeff Janis, I mean, he was he was Mr. Training Camp, Mr. August, and he played played his way onto this team for a couple of years. So. 
if guys are able to make plays in the limited amount of time they have, then, I mean, coaches are going to have to make a big decision. They're like, is this guy, should we cut this guy? I mean, he's, even though he hasn't had as much time, he's, he's shown us a lot. So it's, he's got to make it tough for the coaches. He's got to make it like, you, you, you can't get rid of me, man. I'm, <laughs> I can add a lot to this team. So that's, that's gotta be his, his mindset going in, even without the extra preparation that a lot of these other guys have had. Similar question here. Nether undrafted free agent. The Packers signed cornerback Daquan Holmes this past Friday, meaning he'll make his debut at minicamp this week. So, Jordan, how how difficult must it be for him to come in at this point in the offseason program, whereas his teammates have been practicing for more than a month? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's not just even football. This is this is anything, right? I mean, any any kind of organization, any kind of job structure, uh, company you're working for, you know, if if you if you're coming in. Uh, with less with less time than, than your coworkers and, and your competition has, you know it certainly puts you at a disadvantage. I, obviously, this guy's in the same position. Um, maybe a little bit different for this guy, just because again, cornerback. Um, there's so so many unanswered questions at, at that particular position. So I got to feel any guy coming into coming into the off season with this Packers team, you know, playing cornerback, got it ha- has to have this mindset of, you know, I, I they have no idea who's going to be a cornerback for this team this year. Obviously, we can make our predictions now, but but all these guys have have real opportunities to, you know, maybe steal a fifty uh, three uh, man roster spot. I mean, a couple of years ago, guys like Latarius Gunter, I mean Josh Hawkins, these guys were on our fifty three man roster over the past couple of seasons. So, obviously, again, disadvantage for this guy, but there's not a lot of pressure on him, so he can go out there and just play loose. Whereas, again, we kind of bring up Kevin Kane. Josh Jones, the high draft picks, even going to Randall and Rollins, who have a lot to show this year. The pressure's on those guys. The pressure is not on these U- on these uh, UDFAs. So uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, very good point. And and he'll have a lot of training camp to prove his worth for sure. Um, not just one week of mini camp. Uh, finally, here last question here, Jordan. Before we let you go, the Packers announced the date for their annual family night event this past week. I'm just curious, have you ever been to Packers Family Night? Or if not, does it, does it appeal to you? Would you go? I, I have not actually been to Family Night. Family Night, truth be told, I, I would only go if I was actually bringing maybe my, my niece and my two nephews. Um, it's not something I would, I would get a bunch of bros together and say, hey, man, let's go to Family Night. That's, that's, that doesn't seem to have that kind of vibe. Um, but uh, in particular, I've been, I've been to a, a handful of NFL games, not as many as I'd like, but you know, taking taking young kids to to regular season games is is really not something I uh, <laughs> uh, desire for 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 younger children. <laughs> um, just with just with some of the crazies that you have and, and that you see, but uh, but but family night I think would be the perfect opportunity. So no, it's it's not something I've done, but definitely something I'd be interested in. Yeah, that, I I I can buy what you're selling there. Uh, <laughs> I I see where you're going with that, and I I don't have children myself, but that that makes perfect sense to me now that you put it that way. <laughs> Jordan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, I wish you all the best of luck with the Pact of the Future podcast and everything else. Glad to have you on board, and excited to talk to some of your cohorts here in the upcoming episodes. Appreciate it, Brian. It was a pleasure. Thank you to Jordan Peck for joining us here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. What the hell's going on out here? Oh, 
Well, tried to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment, as we discussed with Jordan Peck, the Packers signed a new cornerback last week, Daquan Holmes, out of American International, a Division II school in New York. Holmes actually took part in rookie minicamp on a tryout basis with the Packers after the NFL draft, but they didn't originally sign him like they did a few other guys. Holmes must have left a good impression, however, to sign him when they had the opportunity to do so. He's five foot eleven and 187 pounds and was a first-team all-conference selection in each of his final two seasons. He intercepted 14 passes over his college career and was a team captain. He was also invited to the National Bowl for players from non-FBS schools. That, that's an all-star game, and while he was there, he was named defensive MVP of that game. And on top of his defensive talents, Holmes also has experience returning kicks and punts. He reportedly ran the 40-yard dash in 4.45 seconds, so that speed should help him in that regard. Uh, So good luck to Daquan Holmes, who, as we said, makes his Packers debut at minicamp this week. In order to make room for Holmes on the roster, the Packers waived cornerback David Rivers, another undrafted rookie. I personally was actually sad to see a rookie like Rivers have his season cut short like this because I was excited to see what he could do. Um, He came from Youngstown State, which advanced all the way to the FCS championship game this past season. So I knew he was an integral part of that team, a championship team, and and I, I just was excited to see what he could do at the NFL level. What happened to Rivers, however, was the same thing that happened to punter Jacob Schum. Rivers was waived with an injury designation, which, by the way, was undisclosed. I I wish I had more information to share on what exactly he injured and how he injured it, but that information has gone unpublished as of now. Um... But the injury had to be serious enough that Rivers wasn't going to make it to make it back healthy in time for training camp. That if that's the case, they wouldn't have cut him. Uh, but he it had to be serious enough that he was going to miss several weeks, if not months. Um, but Rivers cleared waivers, and for now, he is on the injured reserve list for the Packers and doesn't count against the 90-man roster. The Packers can do a couple things here with Rivers, like like Schum, and we discussed that a few episodes ago. He could potentially stay on injured reserve the entire season. They could activate him off injured reserve at least eight weeks into the season. Now, remember, this year the Packers can activate at least two players off injured reserve, uh, or up to two, I should say. Or they can come to an injury settlement with him and let him go. Um, I'd like to think the Packers would give an opportunity to a rookie like him to stick around, but only time will tell if that's a realistic option or not. So there's the latest on the transactions the Packers have made since our last episode of Railbird Central this past Friday. Um, In other news, we mentioned earlier that the Packers have set a date for their annual annual family night practice during training camp, and that date is Saturday, August 5th, the first time that'll, that they will appear 
at Lambeau Field for the 2017 season. Tickets go on sale June 28th, and more information is at the Packers' official website if you're interested in doing that. There's all sorts of ways you can buy tickets, whether it's online, over the phone, in person. So go check that out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Packers Family Night, it's its very much the same you're going to see in the past here. Um they they have the lots of promotions like the shirt off their back thing. They have a fireworks show after the game in, in which they've actually really done lots of cool stuff. They've added all sorts of, you know, like a light show on top of it. They've kind of installed these things at Lambeau Field that are really cool um, on top of the fireworks. But, uh, you know, there will be live contact during the practice. And they'll announce the team and, you know, all sorts of things, as we said, especially for for families to go. This is an opportunity for people who don't have season tickets to the Green Bay Packers to see them inside Lambeau Field for a not outrageous price. I think in the past tickets, I'm not sure if they still are. I'm sure they're still in the same neighborhood, but they were around $10.00. And again, like I said, you can probably confirm that on the Packers' official website. But yeah, the the date is set here, uh, Saturday, August 5th, just about a week into training camp um, as they uh, get prepared for the start of the 2017 season. So we'll talk more about family night when the time comes, I am sure, and perhaps even more about it when tickets go on sale here at the end of June. Uh, But that's kind of the latest breaking news on the Green Bay Packers uh, since our last episode, and that brings us to our next segment. The day ahead. It's the day before minicamp begins, meaning Monday is still a day off from football, but on Monday, Green Bay Packers head coach Mike McCarthy, along with his wife Jessica, host their annual Gulf Invitational to benefit American Family Children's Hospital here where I live in Madison, Wisconsin. Last night was the dinner held at Monona Terrace. You know, all sorts of things happened there, like silent auctions and featured speakers and things like that. And today it's followed up with a golf tournament held at The Legend at Bergamont in Oregon, Wisconsin. It's an invitational, so it's not open to the public, but the event has raised more than $1.8 million in the past. So good luck to Coach McCarthy today as he continues to raise funds for a good cause, and they hit the links. It's the time of year where we're talking about as much about golf tournaments as we do football. Uh, It's a popular thing during the... uh, during the off season, or or we talk about football players doing non-football events. There's a lot of golf outings. Uh, there's the Jordy Nelson softball game, but just this past weekend, you know, was the the Vince Lombardi Charity uh, Cancer Foundation uh, tournament, and there, there's all sorts of other ones too. But um, uh, then on Tuesday, mini camp begins with a practice at Clark Hinkle Field open to the public at 11.30 a.m. Central Time. That'll be preceded by a press conference by Mike McCarthy at 10.10 a.m. Central Time to be streamed live at Packers.com. 
Every mini camp practice is theoretically open to the public, but just so you know, they typically cancel a practice to hold a team building activity. Typically, that is on Wednesday, so they they hold a full team practice on Tuesday as normal as usual, kind of everything status quo uh, that you would expect to see out of a practice that happens uh, on Tuesday. So everything, if you want to go check out a practice, I suggest go check out that one because the veterans will be there. The rookies will be there. Kevin King, the Packers top pick is expected to be there. Uh, So that would be the one to check out. If you live in the green Bay area, the greater green Bay, you know, uh, great, you know, within driving distance that would be the one to go see because as it typically happens they cancel one of the practices tell you the truth i'm not sure why they even like they come out with this full practice schedule like they're actually going to follow it and then never do i think that's kind of a disservice to fans who kind of actually make plans around this i'm not sure why the packers do that um, but anyway, so that, that's why I'm telling you on this podcast. So you don't waste your time planning to go to green Bay to see a practice. Cause it may not happen. Um, on Wednesday, they have the team building activity typically, usually, which has been all sorts of things. Some years they've actually gone golfing. Some years they've gone, uh, clay, clay pigeon shooting. Uh, some years they've gone bowling. Uh, they've played dodgeball, different stuff. Uh, for this Packers team. Uh, It's always fun to see what they may have planned if they do anything kind of different like that. Um, And it's an annual tradition. You know, uh, there's been criticism from some people in the past that they're having fun and not actually practicing football like they should be. I mean, it's, it's somebody's opinion whether that should be the case or not. Obviously, the Packers think it's more important to take one day out of many and, you know, do team building instead of hitting the practice field. And then, as as sometimes happens, the very last day, uh, they let the veterans go home and it's just a practice for the young players. Sometimes, like, you know, players six years of service and under stick around for practice. And, and it's a good thing, you know. The, the guys who need the time off are getting time off, and then the young guys who need the practice are getting that as well. So... Uh, that's that's typically the schedule the Packers follow this week. Again, subject to change. I'm not the one in charge of the schedule, so you're better off following Packers' social media accounts and their official website to find out what exactly is happening. But as to when they'll announce these things uh, is anybody's guess. So anyway, there you go, folks. That's what's happening this week in the world of the Green Bay Packers as mini camp is set to begin it's uh, enjoy it now because we're going to get a little football news this week. And then, you know, when once mini camp ends in a week from now, there's not a whole lot of football to talk about until training camp begins. They kind of get a month off, a month vacation, a little respite before the grind of the season starts up. So uh, enjoy the football news while it's here because it's not going to last for long. But we are going to talk Packers mini camp this upcoming Wednesday on our next episode of Railbird Central. Excited to do that. Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. 
We'll see you later, folks. On behalf of everybody here at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caribou. Thanks to Jordan Peck of the Pack to the Future podcast for being our guest on today's show. And we'll see you next time, two days from now. I leave you today with a song called Ace in the Hole by the Radiators on Psy Fidelity Records. See everyone. Go Pack Go.